Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ETB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're looking at the films of Vikramaditya Matwan. First up, Rajat Barmeka plays a teenager who has to go live with his abusive father, played by Ronit Roy, in 2010's Udon. Then Ranveer Singh plays a thief who falls in love with his Mark's daughter, Sunakshi Sinha, in 2013's Lutera. Finally, Rajkumar Rao plays a call center employee who finds himself imprisoned on the 30th floor of an uninhabited Mumbai apartment building in 2016's Trapped. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, we are, we are back. Yeah, we, we did it. We have been to, uh, to the United States. We've traveled everywhere. We saw the Big Bean. Yep. Uh, we ate the Tall Pizza. We saw Juliet Franklin. Yes, we saw our, our good friend Juliet Franklin. Dr. Juliet Franklin. Dr. Juliet Franklin. Doc Become Franklin. a doctor. Uh, congratulations, Juliet. We love you. Uh, as we mentioned in our last episode, our, our last episode was a supplemental, an interview um, with Anisha Sharma, author of the recent, uh, recently released YA novel, My So-Called Bollywood Life. In that episode, we mentioned that we were going to be away because we went to Chicago. And we're going away again. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, for the next two weekends, we're gone for a while. Yeah, we're leaving for Jasper tomorrow, and then a week after that, we're going to Montreal for nine days. So we're just popping in here to uh, to say hello and uh, record a quick episode about... Uh, one of our favorite filmmakers currently working in Hindi cinema. Yeah. Vikrima Ditya Motwane. He's fantastic. He, um, incredible. I have spoken before about how Lutera is the film that really got me into Bollywood, and now we're finally discussing it on the show. I'm really, really excited. Well, he's got a new one coming out, Bhavesh Joshi, Superhero. Yes. And oddly enough, I kind of think this guy, who I don't think plays by the general rules of Hindi cinema a lot of the time, mm -hmm. he might actually be suited more towards making a Western style, like vigilante superhero mm -hmm. movie, than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Potentially, yes. I, I think one of the things that we're going to discuss is how all three of these films, uh, his only three films, uh, that he's directed, he's worked on many others as a producer and an assistant director, but these three films have a very kind of Hollywood flair as opposed to a, a Bollywood one. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will get to that. But before we do, we have some reviews to read. Yeah, people have been piping in with their opinions on the show. Yes, we have four new reviews. Uh, so we're going to read two now and save two for our next episode, which will be out after we get back from Montreal. So our first review uh, is on the Canadian iTunes store, and it comes from Narmin Sayed, and it is a one-star review, Matt. She's not a fan. No, yeah, they, they don't seem to be. They say, Bollywood isn't for white people. Okay? I'm an Indian-Canadian, and I love podcasts, and absolutely love Bollywood. When I first clicked on this podcast, I was excited that it's an Indian podcast doing well. Turns out it's two white people who can't pronounce ninety percent of the words, names, films. I couldn't listen. Guilty, to the, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't listen to the whole episode without cringing. I would suggest you either hire an Indian person to teach you how to say things, or hire an Indian host. I would love to see them educate you both on what certain things means and are. Well, it's hard to argue with that. It, really. it is. I mean, to be fair. They're right. Bollywood films aren't made for white people. They're made for a South Asian audience. Mm -hmm. We are aware of that. 
But I don't think that means that we can't enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the reasons why we started this show is because we wanted to encourage people to uh, watch Bollywood movies and think about them critically and engage with them. But we are mm-hmm. well aware that we're coming at this from an outsider's perspective. Uh, we we know we don't pronounce all the names correctly. We're we're trying. We're doing our best. We hope we're getting better. We also, I think we don't try and uh, come at the movies from any sort of... um, We look at it from an academic position. We're not coming at it like, look at this weird shit. No, no. We always try to engage with it and try and figure out what the intent was behind everything. Mm -hmm. We talk about this stuff because we love it. So, you know, I... I take their point. Yeah, I mean, we're well aware that we have difficulty pronouncing things, and we're trying. Um, and, and that we don't know Hindi. But for people out there who, it doesn't sound like this, um, this reviewer yeah, is I don't ever think going to listen to, listen to another yeah. episode, um, which is too bad because um, I have some recommendations for them. But for anyone listening right now who would like to hear some podcasts about Bollywood from people who are South Asian, there's uh, the Split Screen Podcast with Shashi Heed, mm-hmm. there's Movie Walla, and there's Kapadar, which is a podcast by two uh, Canadian women who are South Asian in Hindi. That's spelled K-H-A-B-A-R-D-A-A-R. That sounds much more up this person's alley. But potentially, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that our show wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. I... I I listen to their criticism and I you know will 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 consider it but you know we do this because we have a passion for it we don't make <laughs> a lot like we don't cover the costs of the podcast um, from the uh, the sponsorship that we get so we don't exactly have the funds to hire someone <laughs> yeah uh, maybe if there's a patreon someday we can hire someone to teach us how to pronounce stuff that might be a very yeah. popular uh, <laughs> thing for us to get as well as uh, transcripts of episodes mm-hmm. that would also be something that people are looking for and is also extremely expensive yes. so thank you Narmeen Sayed for uh, for your comments. Uh, we so, appreciate them, even though it's not necessarily what we'd like to hear. Yeah. Sorry we weren't uh, better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on a more positive note, we have a, a review from the Indian... Sorry. We have a review from the American iTunes store uh, in the land we just visited. Uh, mm-hmm. This is from K Voltage 2017 and this is five stars. And they say, great insight. I love this podcast and their opinions of the Bollywood world. I learn a lot every time I listen. Always happy when there's a new episode. Oh, well, thanks, K-Voltage. I guess this is probably making you happy right now. Yes. Thank Enjoy. Thank you so much. Uh, please, if you uh, listen to the show, leave us a, a rating and a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, we, we, we love to read those five-star reviews. Those are the ones that, you know, really make us feel good about ourselves. But uh, The other ones are certainly instructive. Yeah, yeah. And, and we... Uh, you know, really appreciate all the feedback that we get. And we know that since starting this podcast, we've gotten a lot of things wrong over the years. Um, but, you know, that's that's par for the course when you are uh, diving headfirst into uh, film, into a rich and vast film industry. Like You Hollywood. should see me in my normal day. I get things wrong constantly. Yeah, so. no one is perfect, yeah. let alone us. Uh, yes, thank, thank you for those reviews, Anna. We encourage uh, we encourage everyone to leave one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So 
Yeah, you could say whatever you want in there. We'll have to say it out loud. <laughs> Moving uh, to the uh, to the topic of today's episode, Vikram Aditya Motwane. Is it Motwane? Is it Matwan? Is it Matwin? Yeah. I'm guessing Matwin. Motwin? Okay. <laughs> Someone will let us know, hopefully. <laughs> yes, let us know. Uh, that's something we've encountered with this, is that often with the big stars... Lots of people say their name all the time, and you can find out how to pronounce it. Yeah. Looking up uh, VM here, Vikramaditya Matwan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been interviewed on red carpets a couple times. He's done, I guess, like film interviews and stuff, but they're not often saying Vikramaditya Matwan. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's a little bit difficult for us who. Uh, Mostly get our info on these uh, movies and people by reading about them mm-hmm. to find a resource that can actually tell us how to pronounce them. Mm-hmm. So if any of you out there in podcast land do know of a place that tells you or even just says people's names, I would honestly be very happy to learn about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do watch Film Companion, which tends to be one of uh, the best resources. But yeah, it's... <laughs> you know, it's it's tough when uh, when you read about things, and then you have to go and 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 put that into into an audio format. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> thanks for bearing with us. We're doing our best. Um, so Matwan uh, started out by assisting Sanjay Lila Bansali. So he assisted him on both Hamdil Dachuke Sanam and on Devdas. Uh, he then we've went on, covered those films. Yes, we've covered both of those films. He then went on to work with Anirai Kashyap on. Punch? Which is the legendarily unseen film, right? Yes, that is still unreleased. I believe it's been shown at... And we talk about this in our episode on Anyar Kasha. It's been shown at festivals and stuff, but it's is never it like been that, uh, Is it like that Rolling Stones movie, Cocksucker Blues? You heard of that one? No. It was a documentary they made about the Rolling Stones Ooh. on tour. Mm. And they... I have heard about this. They basically only let the director screen it in person. Yeah, I <laughs> Because heard about this. they do not come off well. Yeah. 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 It's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've talked about this film before, as I mentioned on our Andy Ray Cash Up episodes. Uh, he had a lot of issues with clearing it past the Central Board of Film Certification. No way. Really? That guy? Yeah. It's, oh. it, it's still unreleased. Um, out of character. And I think at this point... From what I understand, from what I've been able to read up on, I think part of it's um, part of it not being released is uh, at this point a, a choice he's made. Um, I think he could release it, but so it's a day the clown no uh, cried scenario then potentially, mm. potentially. Uh, and then he also worked on Deepa Mehta's Water. That's some good directors to be palling around yeah. with when yeah. you're in your early stages. He co-owns Phantom Films with Kashyap Vikas Ball, the director of Queen. And Madhu Mentana. Uh, and we're talking about him partly because uh, he has a film coming up soon. Babesh Joshi Superhero. In mere days. Uh, well, it was supposed to come out uh, on the 25th, the day that this episode releases. Mm-hmm. But now it's coming out on June 1st. Which yeah, the means, trailer I just watched said June 1st. Yeah. yeah. Which means that uh, it will be clashing. It will be coming out on the same day as VRD Wedding, which stars Sonu Kapoor. And Babesh Joshi Superhero stars Harshvardhan Kapoor. Oh, maybe... Brother, sister! Yeah, well, we're going to be be in Montreal, so maybe we can catch one of them at least. Yeah, or both. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, or both. If anyone knows uh, where they play the Hindi films in Montreal, hit us up. Yeah. Uh, 
So his first film was uh, Udon, which means uh, flight. It came out in 2010, and it competed in the Un Certain Regard uh, stream at Cannes in 2010. It so was that means the, it's out of competition, right? Well, it's, it's in the Un Certain Regard competition. Yeah, so it's it's not up for the Palme d'Or, though. No, it's not up for the Palme d'Or. Yeah. There's yeah. like, what, four or five different weird little competitions at Cannes. Yeah, so Gaspar Noé won the Un Certain Regard uh, um, stream this year. Um, so it does feature a lot of kind of high profile directors. I guess you could probably just pick which one you want to submit yourself to. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how it works. Uh, but there's another thing we don't know. <laughs> it was the first Indian film to be selected for a competition at cons in years. Hmm. Uh, and we've been seeing that, that pick up. I mean, Titley was there, right? Yeah. For interest on that, uh, check out our episode, uh, our much loved episode on, uh, Indian films that have played at cons. <laughs> Where we do pronounce a lot of French words pretty decently, I think. <laughs> yes. The script is co-written by Matwane and Anira Kashyap, and it is somewhat based on Kashyap's own life hmm. um, and, you know, and his difficult family uh, relationships. Hmm. It stars Rajat Barmeka. I don't know if it's Barmeka or Barmecha. Or Burmeka? Yeah. Um, as Rohan, Ronit Roy as his father... Ayan Boradia as Arjun and Ram Kapoor as uh, as his uncle. It was uh, critically acclaimed upon its release, despite being a box office flop, and went on to win. Uh, n- sorry, went on to be nominated for nine film for awards and win seven, including uh, best film critics, best screenplay, best supporting actor for Ronit Roy, and best cinematography. Best film critics is a great idea for an award category. Yes, because the critics get to get to honor a best film, a best actor, and a best actress. Yeah, it's kind of like the Golden Globes at the Film Fair Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Matt, why don't you why don't you tell us about the plot? Sure. Well, we've got uh, Rohan in the opening scene where him and his gang of uh, fellows at what we find out later is an extremely prestigious uh, high school prep school boarding school. Boarding school. Yeah. yeah, it's. It's not quite a university, but it's what you go before. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've snuck out to go see... Uh, I think they're in Shimla, right? Yeah, they're up in Shimla. Yeah. They've snuck out to go see a porno movie. Or well, essentially a girl running around in a bikini An movie erotic movie, Called yeah. Grapes. <laughs> that was funny. And they kept referring to the uh, director's name, Grapes. Uh, I don't remember the director's name, but it, it was always funny that, like, so what do you think of the movie, Somebody, Somebody, Grapes? Yeah, like they were saying, like, Quentin Tarantino's Grapes. I, yeah. I don't remember the name of the director, yeah. but that was funny. Grapes is a funny name for a movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, while they're there, they get caught by a school official who they call the Mustache. <laughs> yeah. And he chases them on his uh, scooter. And one of the kids uh, breaks his ankle, and they all get caught. Um, Rowan has a difficult family life that he was essentially sent away from. His mother died, and his father basically did not seem interested in having children and ended up having at least one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he gets uh, sent back home where he finds out that, no, his father had two. Uh, He has a younger brother who's, what, six, maybe five? He's really young. About that, and it's It's his half-brother because after his mother had passed away, his father remarried, and he didn't even know. And he didn't even mention it. And so he had no idea that Arjun existed, and you don't get the sense that Arjun knew that he had an older brother either. Yeah, (laughs) because Arjun is really surprised to come out of the bathroom and find out that there's a new boy in his room. Poor 
Arjun. He's, yeah. He, oh, God. He's Arjun's such a adorable. Sweetheart. Um, but uh, Rowan has to essentially acclimatize himself back to his father's life. His father is a very demanding person who runs, looks like a steel mill, kind of. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, and he plans on sending his son to engineering school as his backup, which is kind of funny that, like, well, you busted out of like, prep school, better become an engineer. Yeah. Uh, Rohan wants to be a, a writer. Uh, he He's a poet. Typically a kind of character I despise in movies. <laughs> the The dreamy kid who wants to become a... A uh, writer, but in this, I think they handled it well in that the stories that he imparts to people aren't just thinly veiled no. versions of his own life. Like no. he's just thinking of just an interesting story, and me, who's been watching this movie for an hour or so, I'm not bored by him recounting his own adventure. It's more just like, oh, here's an yeah. interesting story they thought up. I, more movies should do that. They should actually, you know, try and make whatever the amazing artist is doing, like, good. And I think he's a decent poet. I mean, his, his poetry has uh, a lot of teen angst. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I thought it w- it really worked. Um, and obviously we're hearing it in translated English or reading it in translated English as opposed yeah. to it being spoken in Hindi. But I, I, I think it's quite good. But so Ro- he wants yeah. to be a poet, but his father insists that he goes and works in his factory. Works in, in the, the factory morning. during the day and then engineering school in the afternoon. Yeah. So yeah. it's a pretty tough existence. Um, he, you know, as you would, rebels, uh, steals the car, goes out and gets drunk, meets some seniors from his school, and kind of becomes friends with them. Yeah, after, after some light, him. after some light hazing, but then they all kind of uh, gather around and start hazing the fat guy among them oh. too. So that's just kind of, you know, sad but true. That mm-hmm. that is the sort of thing a bunch of young guys would do. Um, but yeah, the the movie is about you know how is this young guy going to deal with his rough uh, life now and. Uh, it gradually becomes apparent that uh, his father is physically abusive, uh, especially towards his younger brother and towards him. But yeah. um, at, at least I thought that um, at early on, his father seemingly very, very annoyed because mm-hmm. he did send his kid to an elite, elite school and then he got busted out. I kind of understood him being so pissed off. But then you realize, like, oh, this, just, this guy's just a malcontent all around. Yeah. And he's taking it out on everyone around him he you know he his brother who is very kind to rowan and an arjun um you know he pushes him away at one point he says i i just gotta get a new wife i can't handle you uh kids um yeah he's he's just someone who should never have had children no. unfortunately and and his brother uh who is is kind and and He's an artistic type. Has a nice house, too. Much nicer than his presumably rich brother who runs a factory. His his brother can't have children, and he he throws that in his face. Yeah. The the brother who probably could nurture these these boys and, you know, outright asks to raise them isn't given the opportunity to have children, and this man who physically abuses his children is the one who has them. Yeah. It's it's just really unfortunate. Um... And we're not going to ruin the ending, but it's definitely, like, a really good slice-of-life film. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Like, and perhaps based on Cash Ship's life. It's it's a coming-of-age film. It's, mm-hmm. it's a coming-of-age story. You know, it's a, it's Truffaut's Like Cats on Coup, mm-hmm. uh, or The 400 Blows. Uh, and it's, it's really, really striking. It's 
really moving. It's really quiet. That's something that I notice about uh, Maltwane's filmmaking is how quiet it is. The man isn't afraid of slowing things down. Mm-hmm. He isn't afraid of silence. He isn't afraid of, of, of darkness, like physical darkness. There's and, scenes in this movie where it is hard to make out what's even happening. Oh, yeah. And, and it's shot so beautifully. Like, it's clearly shot on film. Um, and it's night for night photography. And the blacks are so rich. And when they're driving around at night, kind of goofing around and getting in trouble and kind of doing dangerous things, I think you feel that sense of energy and you feel that sense of youth and you feel that anger. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so, so well executed. Like, where, where, where did this guy, like, you know, find the, the gumption to come straight out of the gate with a movie this strong? Like, this is his directorial debut. But he worked with really good directors. Yeah. So he learned from the best and, uh... It's just, I mean, I can't... I can't think of, you know, a lot of directors, Truvaux maybe, uh, who, whose first films are this self-assured. Yeah, I'll say that uh, uh, the actor who plays Rohan, very, very good. Barmecca. But, yeah, but... Barmecca. Yeah, gets... It's it's kind of a thankless role because he's the callow teen who has mm-hmm. to kind of learn. So it, it takes a while for him to kind of grow into it. But I'll say that Ronan Roy, right off the hop, is very menacing and... Um, you're just extremely interesting to look at. You're not. A, you have no idea what he's going to do next. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah. And you got to see what he's going to do. But yeah, he he plays the angry factory owner, small businessman guy to the hilt. And that unpredictability is part of what makes him so terrifying. Yeah. And um, um, Ayan Boradi as uh, Arjun, adorable. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's kind of the sacrificial lamb for a lot of the movie, but he does a good job with it. If I had to pick a theme that runs through Matwan's films so far, I'd say, with the possible exception of Lutera, they are predominantly about men stuck in strange situations where they have to get away, get out. Um, and Lutera, that exists, but it's also split with Sinakshi Sinha's character. Yeah, it's, it's about alienation. I, mm-hmm. I, I think all three of these films are about feeling alienated and feeling like you don't belong and having to having to find a way to break out of that or overcome that um and and all of these characters do it in in different ways with uh with different results yeah one scene i liked in udon where um his father makes him every morning get up and do a run around town and at one point he's just pointing out pictures of uh um, statues of famous people, including various uh, Tata family members and people who've had buildings named after him. And you get the sense that he appreciates these because they had a building named after him or that they were important. He doesn't actually know who they are or care because he's a very surface-level guy, his right. father. He knows that, yes, that, that guy was successful. He had a building named after him. That guy successfully has a statue. But maybe maybe that would be me someday, but he doesn't. He has no interiority. Exactly. We're... Rohan is all interior. Mm-hmm. He he cares so deeply about the meaning of things and and the and, and experiences and, and and he's 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 struggling with the with his own identity and and his place in his world and that's that's all he cares about. Yeah, but it's a it's a great visual metaphor <laughs> yes. of uh, the two the father and son racing each other. Oh, for sure, and that kind of and that and that dichotomy and 
end. His father cares so much about success and and competition. And he's going to force his son to to compete with him, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, I, and he won't respect his son uh, until he can. He reminds me of uh, Jimmy Shergill's character in Mukabaz. Yeah, I thought Le- so less well. of an outright psychopath, but just this kind of hard ass older guy who just won't budge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So good movie, not not really uplifting, but uh, it it does it does get to a place by the end of it. I think it does, and I mean... It's not a super I, bummer. Yeah, no, it's it's not a super bummer, uh, but it's it's a rough watch, you know, like this is mm-hmm. this is difficult... Trigger warning if you don't care for uh, child abuse, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's, it's not always the easiest film to watch, but it's done so well, and it's never, it's never overly didactic. It's never emotionally manipulative. It feels very honest. It's not using music cues like a horror movie or something to make you think, no. like, oh, these poor children. It's more, oh, that's a shitty thing that happens. Yeah. But it happens. Amit Trevdi does the music for both uh, this film and Lutera, and I think both of the soundtracks are absolutely incredible and mm-hmm. really elevate um, the films. There's no dancing in any of these films, uh, which is... Which surprised me the first time I saw Lutera because it was very early on when I started watching Bollywood films. Uh, we, we talked a bit at the top about how uh, we feel that Motwane um, isn't necessarily working in your typical Bollywood vein. Mm-hmm. This this doesn't have the trappings of a lot of Bollywood films. It feels which a makes lot sense more, why he went to Khan. Yeah, it feels a lot more like a French coming of age film. That's why I compare it to films like The Four Hundred Blows. I would say it's uh, not quite as uh, intense as Lion, but no. it has that young <laughs> that young person anger in it, mm-hmm. um, and the you know, fairly downbeat circumstances. But that sort of filmmaking Mm -hmm, it also doesn't really have the rap element but (laughs) yeah it does have a lot of interesting steel mill type stuff though Mm -hmm. yeah and and despite the fact that the filmmaking might not feel um typically bollywood the story does is to me yeah feels overbearing father figure young poet you know that's that's some pretty classic stuff but i think it's stuff that everyone can relate to everyone has had um you know tension with their parents though you know, obviously not everyone has dealt with um, abuse at this level. Yeah. Well, speaking of amitrivity, uh, you <laughs> wanted to hear a song from Lutera. Yes. For our middle break. Mm-hmm. And what song is that? Uh, this is Man Marzian. From Lutera. So, enjoy. Episode 21 of the Well Endowed podcast, we hear from Fringe Theatre Adventures and Opera Nuova about how the Canadian Cultural Investment Fund helps them invest in Edmonton artists. 
Sanjay Shahani, Executive Director of the Edmonton Arts Council, tells us how the EAC is looking 10 years ahead to shape Edmonton's arts and heritage sectors. And Helen Ma shows us how a Don and Noreen Lowry Award has helped her pursue her studies at the University of Alberta. For more information about the Well Endowed Podcast, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. And for more information about the Edmonton Community Foundation, who puts on the Well Endowed Podcast, go to ecfoundation.org. In Udon, Rohan is failed not only by his father and uncle, but also by his teachers, who expel him and his friends for sneaking out to the movies. Education is an important and formative experience for many young people, as it is often at school where we learn who we are and who we're going to be. But I'm not an expert. Luckily, Shane Lawrence, host of Ed Conversations About Teaching Life on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is. Ed is no lists, no inspirational quotes, just honest conversations. You can find Ed and the rest of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Podcasts, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was uh, Man Marzian from uh, Lutera. And uh, Lutera is your very favoritist Hindi film of all time, right? Yes, Lutera is still my all-time favorite Bollywood film. It's the film that got me interested in Bollywood to begin with. It's kind of atypical for a uh, um, you know, Bollywood-style film, though, right? It is. I remember being really disappointed that there was no dancing in it, but I was so taken with it and I was just so um, absorbed in, 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 in the beauty of this narrative and this filmmaking and th- these actors like it's just it's 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 rapturous yeah it might be closer to like a 30s or 40s hollywood film than anything else yeah it does feel very classic hollywood although i think it also has some some art house touches in there because again it's, it's very slows down in places and it and it and it and it takes its time and uh it's just it's very thoughtful film yeah, it lets you kind of appreciate the beautiful landscape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, the movie Lutera, a.k.a. Robber in English, came out in 2013 and is partially based on an O. Henry short story called The Last Leaf. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about this short story? I do not. Me I don't know neither. much about You've o- seen this movie how many times now? <laughs> I think this was my fifth. And you have never been interested in checking out the original short story? No. No. Okay. Uh, I don't even know that much about O. Henry. He did The Gift of the Magi, right? I have no idea. You think with my English language uh, degree, I might have uh, came across him once, but no. I think he might have wrote The Turn of the Screw. We're really just laying it all out there this this week, folks. We we know nothing. All right. We're going to do some quick on-the-fly research. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. English degree. Yeah. I was right and you were wrong. Of course. <laughs> he did write The Gift of the Magi, but he uh, did not write The Turn of the Screw. That was Henry James. Uh, I was really relying on you to like fill in the literature gaps. <laughs> well, I will uh, throw my <laughs> diploma out the window after we're done recording this. Uh, it's essentially useless. <laughs> apparently. Uh, to be fair, you didn't study a lot of um, American literature. No, I studied... English people literature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so O. Henry was a, an American writer. Uh, he died in, in, in 1910 and is probably most well known for his story, The Gift of the Magi. Did he die pinning a leaf to the top of a tree? Because that <laughs> uh, would make a lot of sense, actually. I, I assume so. Yeah. That checks I, out, right? I assume so. Um, yeah, and he's a, 
he he's quite he's quite celebrated. Mm. Um, Barack Obama has even quoted him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the film based on The Last Leaf mm-hmm. stars Ranveer Singh, Sanakshi Sinha, Baran Chanda, Vikrant Masi, Arif Zakarian, and Adil Hussain. It's set in 1950s uh, Bengal during something known as the Zamindari Abolition Act, which was Zamindars were kind of rich landowner types, um, almost like feudal lords, basically, uh, who at this point still owned a bunch of chunks of India, especially in uh, Bengal. But the government, which has like just finished partition is starting to throw its weight around. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a new government. It's yeah. a newly created India. Yeah. Um, and the Zamindars were kind of like tolerated by the British, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, one of the characters in the movie says like, basically, yeah, your British friends gave you all this stuff. So there's some tension there. And there's a vote passed in the parliament to divest the Zamindars of their vast holdings. Mm -hmm. So at the same time that this is happening, a pair of con men, played by Ranveer Singh and Vikrant Masi, are posing as archaeologists Mm -hmm. and going to these various uh, Zamindar households and setting up digs where they can get access to, um, you know, fancy items. So um, when they arrive at Sanakshi Sinha's house, they are actually there trying to steal a religious idol that is on the property. Mm-hmm. Made but, of gold. But what Ranveer Singh doesn't realize he's also stealing is her heart. Oh, oh Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so he he makes friends with Sunakshi Sinha, whose character has um, tuberculosis, yeah. I think. Yeah. She's often bedridden. She occasionally needs uh, injections to... Um, not die. <laughs> and their meet cute actually happens when he's riding uh, his motorcycle and gets hit by her as she learns to drive a car. Yeah, and she even says beforehand, uh, if we get in an accident, she says to kind of her driver, if we get in an accident, you were driving. If we don't, I was driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they got an accident. Classic <laughs> upper class divestment of blame towards yeah. the servants. But uh, there's a connection pretty soon. Um, I also appreciated how this movie is kind of interacting with some 50s culture, too. Mm. Um, Ranveer's buddy, Deb Das, is his name. He mentions that he just saw the movie Bozzy, which we mm. did a whole episode on. Good movie. And he also says that Dev Anand is going to win every fight and it's not even <laughs> going to muss his hair up, which is a fun little uh, yeah. aside during that. Um, but the archaeology sting gets set up and... Ranveer kind of falls in love with her, too. And they are engaged to be married. But wouldn't you know it, um, during all the preparations, they steal the statue and take off. And not really leave her at the altar, but basically. Like, it was the next day they were going to get married. And they also trick the Zamandar into selling a lot of his other goods uh, to cut out guys for, like, fake money. Mm -hmm. So he's absolutely ruined. And... It's implied that he kind of drinks himself to death later on. Yeah. And that's just the first half of the film. In the second half of the film, uh, we move to Dalhousie, where Sanakshi Sinha is kind of holed up in, in this house, just her and her servant. And the cops come a-knocking, and they're, they're looking for Ranveer Singh and his buddy and, you know, kind of turn to her to to help them. She has a has a... A room uh, or a kind of a guest house available 
on her property. And so they think that he's going to come to Dal- that Dalhousie next to try and get this gold statue of Ganesh. Yeah, because he mentioned early on that his uh, gangster buddies had heard that there yeah. was this really nice one there. Yeah. So they uh, kind of arranged for there to be no vacancies in in the town, and so they're forced to go to the guest house. And so because of this, uh, their paths their paths cross again. And, and wouldn't you believe... Um, that even though he ruined her, uh, ruined her life, that the emotions of love are, are strong. And, and, and Ranveer Singh is very much playing a character who didn't turn to a life of crime out of choice. He, he's Aladdin. <laughs> he is somewhat Aladdin. Uh, he's an orphan and the, uh, the man who raised him is a, is a criminal and he's kind of like under a his Fagin thumb. in Oliver Twist type. Exactly. He's he's under his thumb and he's kind of forced to do this man's bidding. Uh, this film was critically acclaimed, though, uh, like Udon, it didn't make a lot of waves at the box office. It wasn't quite as much of a flop as Udon was, but it's still, got a big. It's got two big stars in it. <sighs> I mean, although they were early on in their career, this is really early on. Yeah, they're this not. This is probably Sonakshi's in his best movie, though, right? <laughs> it's the best one I've seen. Uh, you know, we we haven't seen everything she's in, but and I I, I think this is one of the reasons why I, I continue to to really love Sanakshi Sinha because the first one I ever saw her in was her best one, and so she just kind of made such an impression on me. And she's kind of done more like action roles since like uh, Kira and what Force Two she was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, well, I mean, she came on the scene with Debon, so yeah. this feels a bit more of a departure. Um, than anything else. And she's good. Um, she's very good. But Ranveer Singh, I mean, he street runs away oh, with God, it, right? Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for six film fair awards, but only won one, mm, sadly. That's a, uh, that's a drop from the last one. Must have been yeah. a stronger year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it feels richer each time I watch it, which to me is kind of the sign of a, a great film. Basically, the only thing that I could find to criticize negatively about this film, and you'll laugh because this is kind of stupid, is that the clothes, while period appropriate, kind of look too nice. <laughs> okay. But like that, you could say that about almost every movie. Right? Yeah. Like everyone, like whenever you watch a movie and like all the cars are bright and shiny, yeah. it's usually because. They have to go get a 50s car, yeah. and it's usually like a show-and-shine type car. So I, I'd say it looks maybe a little bit too glossy, especially the second half when they're running around in snow, scare quotes. Yeah. But like, if the worst thing I could say is that sometimes it actually looks too good, that means you have a pretty good movie on your hands because the acting is great, story is great. It, it just I, looks kind of like fashion modely a bit of the time, especially on what Runveer is wearing. Because I want all of his clothes. I think he looks astounding. Yeah, I remember that being kind of a big criticism that people had of of Mad Men. You know, kind mm-hmm. of, and and people always have this appearance. That's what pieces. your uh, that's what your film studies prof said. That like no one lived like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's also a movie world. Exactly. So I, I kind of. I am certainly aware of the artificiality that comes into play uh, when, you know, film kind of makes these, when movies are, when you have these period pieces. But it's interesting considering, like, I watched this first out of uh, this director's films. Yeah. And then much time passes, we watch Udon and Trapped. Yeah. And those are much, much more in the realist mode. Yeah. So it's almost as if maybe he got burned by doing this. I don't know. I don't know. 
I know initially... It's definitely the outlier in a lot of ways. I know initially the script was not set in the 1950s. No, I, I think that's a that's a mistake. you got to set it at this time because you exactly. have this interesting political period and also just people look good in 50s clothes. Well, yeah, but also, like, the story... The story makes more sense when it's set in, in a bygone era because it just it has this this classical feel and you know period pieces period pieces and movies about teenagers can really have heightened emotions Mm -hmm. because it's a time when um status is very important you can't also just google on your phone like oh is this guy a criminal oh he is okay maybe i shouldn't fall in love with him exactly and so you know the the conventions and i don't know what the story looked like when you know it wasn't set in the 1950s um, and he'd been working on this since 2005. Oh, wow. Uh, so I don't know what it looked like, you know, it, it, it's previous drafts. But, you know, based on, on what we see on screen, you know, the, the setting just gives it this, it gives it this, um, this sense of tragedy. It gives it this sweeping scope. It gives it, you know, this this sense of classical style. Well, it's also based on a story from the beginning of the century. Yeah. And uh, her tuberculosis diagnosis would be less of a death sentence. Yeah. It's like Millie, where her thing is probably a lot more treatable now. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Exactly. So I You mean, don't have just... to change it to she has AIDS or something. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Which would... Which would kind of complicate the character. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. TB is a really kind of like... Uh, you know, it's a very kind of tragic movie. TB is movie, like uh, one of the illness. best ways to die in movies because you get to cough into your hand or to your like your. It's white, a great visual metaphor. Your white thing, and then you, there's like blood on your on your thing. Like, oh yeah, she's dying now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's, it all it always works. If, if tuberculosis didn't exist, the movies would have to invent it. Yeah. Um, Sorry to all tubercular <laughs> listeners of our podcast. Oh boy! This is not a. We're just this, making friends everywhere. I, I want to be clear, though, to those who haven't seen this film, we're not we're not spoiling things. Uh, you know, we're we're really not no. talking about the end. So the ending is the part that is the most adapted from O. Henry's story, The Last Leaf. And if you listen to what we're saying very closely, we have spoiled the ending. Have but we? Uh, yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, the part there there's some good action scenes in this too it's not just like kind of a staid costume uh piece no there's a there's a great chase scene yeah, yeah in the streets of dalhousie and um some really intricate um not intricate maybe more realistic fight choreography yeah. and uh, some interesting stuff that happens with guns it it's it's like a more subtle version of the chase in uh, bang bang <laughs> the way Matwane balances uh, kind of these 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 different pieces so you know like you said you ha- it has kind of this little action set piece it has this romance it has this kind of heist element in this this criminal story and yeah, it's then, like a con yeah yeah and then it has this interesting because we don't know the first time that we know that he's not on the level is when he's teaching her how to paint and he gets out a book that says how to paint <laughs> And you're just like, wait, something's a little off about this archaeologist. Well, no, you you know things before that because anytime he's talking to his buddy Devdas, like that's where it starts to 
But you don't know exactly, like, how deeply they are lying until he literally has to get a (laughs) book out that says how to paint. I guess. It's just funny. (laughs) I guess. It's It's like that Simpsons when he's learning how to run a business and then he has to get, like, the dummies level version of how to run a business and he has to get out the dictionary. (laughs) And he, of course, uh, teaches her how to uh, paint trees. Sorry. He, of course, teaches her how to paint leaves because painting leaves is easy and oh that's important in the second half of the film and his leaves are shitty (laughs) his leaves yeah he doesn't he doesn't paint great leaves she ends up teaching him how to paint it's just yeah the way he balances kind of all of these all of these elements and then finds time to just kind of relax with nature you know like there are so many shots in this film that are just really quiet um quiet images of of the landscape and 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 trees and i just find it so soothing and it and it just it it and it envelops you it has a it has a fun color palette too because the first part is really rich uh browns and golds and stuff whereas the second part is black and white and it's you know it's reflecting her view of the situation Mm -hmm. let's say I can feel some people maybe um, kind of pushing against this film because it's very traditional. Traditional in the sense of story, not in the sense of Bollywood movies. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it feels, you know, kind of a very, like, old school, very kind of traditional um, kind of, you know, tragic romance. But it just, it's just so well executed. And Sanakshi Sinha and... Uh, Ranveer Singh, I, I think this is the only movie that they've done together, and they have fantastic chemistry. Mm-hmm. And and it was so striking to me seeing this, and then seeing Ram Leela. Yeah, or Gunde. <laughs> because Singh is so, he's so restrained here. Mm-hmm. You know, for anyone that doesn't think that like Singh is is clearly one of the best actors working in Bollywood, they Do you need know to what see it is? this. It's the power of his facial hair. The fact that he's clean shaven in this movie <laughs> means that he's less, you know, macho. Although Ladies versus Ricky Ball, I don't think he's shaven either. He's quite macho. <laughs> yes, but yeah, there is kind of something sensitive and almost feminine about him here. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's that very quiet. takes away from his masculinity at all. Like this, this performance has so much depth. He's also wearing a shirt the whole movie, which I thought <laughs> for Runveer, I mean, that's a little bit out of character. <laughs> Yeah, and this was the first time I'd ever seen him. So imagine kind of then Afterwards, how I like, felt seeing him Ram You watch uh, Gunde like, oh boy, he was hiding quite a bit under that yeah. 50s garb. Yeah. So, you know, by no means does this film give you kind of a lot of the typical Bollywood thrills. And I do think it had the, it had a real opportunity for kind of like um art house crossover. Like, now, how come this did go to Khan? I don't know. I guess it's... It's halfway in between the typical con, um, like, young person movie of, I'm angry and I live in a shitty place kind of thing. Yeah. And not quite the, I'm a weird art house person, or I'm... Um, There's nothing experimental about this. No. It's no Tash or Dash or anything, right? Like, it's, it's just a really good story well told, and maybe it just wasn't arty enough for a con. Or, you know, again, like... Maybe they, they can submit it. Yeah, it could be. Um, but but I still think you know, like this this film had it been released in um, in in art house theaters, uh, you know, and kind of 
pushed and, and promoted. I think it could have. I could think it could have stood a chance. I think this would have killed like it, the this, princess. Yeah, I think this kind of classical um, kind of storytelling really appeals to to film goers of a certain age. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's sort of like those. Uh UK films, you get like the Station Master yeah. or the Railway Man, that kind of thing. Yeah. It fits into that mold. Yeah, I'd but say. it's still a very, you know, it's still a very young person's film because it's it's tragic love. It's you know, it's, it's that Romeo and Juliet thing. Something everyone can enjoy. Yes. Uh, well, that brings us to our last film of the episode, Trapped. Another love story of, <laughs> of sorts. Of a man and a rat. A man and getting the hell out of his <laughs> apartment. <laughs> uh, Trapped uh, came out in 2016. It uh, stars Rajkumar Rao and, and Geetan Chalitapa. Uh, it was shot over the course of 20 days, and 90% of the shoot took place on the 30th floor of an abandoned apartment building. Uh, this was a really quick project. Production started uh, only three weeks after Matuane uh, decided to make the movie, which is insane. I mean, I think, yeah, this has more of a guerrilla filmmaker spirit, and I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I love all three of these movies, yeah. so it would be tough to pick one that I like more. And unlike the previous two, this was shot uh, digitally as opposed to on film, mm-hmm. uh, which shows, and I think also, like, the topic of the film lends itself to being shot digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was well-received by critics and was nominated for seven Filmfare Awards and won three Best Actor Critics, Best Editing, and Best Sound Design. And those are all really well-deserved. But that was Rajkumar Rao's year to lose, right? Like, he had so many good performances in 2016. Yeah, he had... Well... <sighs> I think the film was finished in 2016, but it didn't come out till 2017. And it, we weren't able to access it until like three months ago. Yeah, we, we, were, we only saw it recently. It was on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so he, he was actually up against himself at the, at the Film for Awards uh, yeah. because it was also in Newton. And he was in uh, Barely Keep Orphy, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good... And, regrettably, uh, he was also in Rapta. <laughs> God. But he had Stop so, talking about Ramta. He had so much makeup on, I could feel that maybe people didn't notice. Yeah, Playing uh, a 300-year-old mystic. <laughs> the plot of this film, moving back to Trapped. Yeah, much better film. The plot of this film is really simple. Rajkumar Rao plays a uh, call center worker uh, who's come to Mumbai. He doesn't have any family. He's living in kind of a shared apartment with some other guys. And he's... Um, he's alone and disconnected, but he starts dating a, a girl at the call center and starts to feel like maybe he can, um, you know, make a life for himself in, in Mumbai. He, he's found someone that he connects with. She is, um, unfortunately, she is getting engaged to someone else, and Rajkumar Rao kind of tries to prove to her that they can build a life together mm-hmm. and so he has to find an apartment for them to live in uh, he can't afford much and so he gets an apartment in the top floor of what is essentially an abandoned apartment some building. random guy basically too like flags him down on the street yeah yeah it's it's just kind of like oh here's it is very go. sketchy here's but he's apartment. he's very desperate because she says like oh i'm getting married in like three days yeah. if only you had an apartment this would not happen there is one uh, old security guard who kind of watches things but otherwise it's 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 completely uninhabited uh, and so he, he rents the apartment, uh, 
And on the day that he's going to kind of show it to her, he goes over the night before and kind of, you know, puts up some decorations. Tries like to a make nice it look apartment. like a home. Yeah. Uh, falls asleep, plugs his phone in, but unbeknownst to him, uh, the power goes out in the middle of the night. And the next morning, uh, when he gets up, he's rushing out the door because he has to go meet her. And he accidentally leaves his phone in the apartment. It starts to ring. He runs back to get it. And he accidentally locks himself in the apartment. Uh, Like his key is stuck in the door, right? Yeah. 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 And then the rest of the film is kind of how he survives and tries to contact the outside world from the 30th floor of this abandoned apartment building. It's like Where the water doesn't run all the time. Yeah, the power is in the electricity doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Uh, Robinson Crusoe if he was stuck in his own house. Yeah. And funnily enough, now that I've seen uh, Love Per Square Foot on Netflix, Mm. this is the dark version where in that movie they're trying so hard to find an apartment, and in this one he's (laughs) trying so hard to leave. Yeah, this is, oh God, this movie, it's, it's stunning. Yeah, this is a thrill ride. And, yeah, which is, you know, like, and it all relies on just kind of being in this small claustrophobic space with Rajkumar Rao. And he, oh God, he's so, so good as he just like yeah. slowly starts to go insane from the lack of human contact and the lack of food I don't know and the if lack I've, of water. Uh, I don't know if I've empathized with the character more. I mean, the first 10 minutes or so, yeah, whatever, he meets this girl. But like... Yeah. You just want this guy to get out so badly, and you're continually impressed by his ingenious uh, ideas. Like, he takes the fridge and some parts of the toilet and turns them into a water-collecting device, but also he tries to drink his own pee. And eat bugs! He has to eat eat bugs! bugs. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And kill birds. It also... um, And he's a vegetarian, and then he has to eat those birds. And Rajkumar Rao himself is a vegetarian, and he ate meat for the yeah. for the film. So it's just like, it's a really authentic, like, ugh. Yeah, he's, he's grossed out. Yeah. Um, it's also funny that this came out um, on the heels of High Rise, another oh, great movie about okay. the people stuck in an apartment building. Sure. But again, only the one guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's inventive and up to the task of getting out. Eventually. This is one of my favorite themes in filmmaking. Men stuck in this particular apartment. No. No. Urban alienation. Oh, that Um, too. So I'm not the first person to kind of make this observation, but a lot of people said, you know, when Hollywood does this with things like 127 Hours or um, that Robert Redford movie, All is Lost, they're always kind of like out... Um, where there isn't civilization. They're in the wilderness and it's very like a man against nature. Um, Whereas here... He's in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. He's in the middle of the city, but he can't contact anyone. He, he He's trapped. And this is also kind of um, one of the big um, themes of, of, of film noir, mm-hmm. just kind of urban alienation. I guess we and should that, say that the balcony does have bars across it. Yeah. So that is not an immediate means of escape. Yeah. And he, he sees, like, he sees an, a woman over um on another rooftop on another rooftop kind of doing laundry and he tries to like throw things to her yeah um but it's i mean it's kind of in vain i I love the shots when he uh when he's kind of screaming out the balcony screaming at the window but then it goes down to the ground floor of of mumbai and it's like obviously there is no way you would hear something yeah how often do you look up that high and see like a vaguely flickering light because that's all you're gonna get yeah but going back to the sense of of 
urban alienation, um, this is something that, that I always find really, really potent in films, this idea that you can be in the middle of of a city where everything is supposed to be happening and everyone's supposed to be connected and there's always something to do, but you can feel alone. It, it, it's what you get in, in Edward Hopper paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopper is one of my favorite um, artists. We actually saw his, his famous piece, Nighthawks, when we were in Chicago. Uh, and I, I, I love the way that kind of Motuane um, uses that theme in this very um, kind of thriller survivalist narrative, which again feels very, very Indian. I've, I've read a lot of reviews that talk about this being a quintessential Mumbai film. Mm. What, 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 what did you think? Am I, am I making any sense? Yeah. No, yeah? I, Are I you just, agreeing with I already this? said I loved it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's fantastic. Um, I like movies about people who are stuck in a desperate situation but are able to kind of like think their way out of it Mm -hmm. and you see all the same tools that he does Mm -hmm. but the ideas that he comes up with i don't think i would yeah so it's just really it's really cool to see not a genius but like pretty smart guy well and i reason his way out of a situation and i think there's always the realization when i watch movies like this where i'm like i would have given up oh yeah as soon as i (laughs) eat a bug i'm dead i I would just kill myself like i would have I would have given up. I would not have had the strength to to go through with this yeah. and and to kind of kind of get myself in the situation. I but might I, mean, have, I might have tried drinking my pee, but uh, <laughs> as soon as it's eat a bug or die, uh, yeah, I'm dead. dead. Fuck it. Um, but you know, he's he's motivated about love. Um, this is also the love. male equivalent to phobia, right? Yeah, because yeah, it is. Yeah, another. It's just kind of something in the air. Apartment buildings. Uh, people who don't want to leave or can't leave. Yeah. Something going on. And now looking at the door of our apartment building being like, are we ever going to leave? Yeah. And people do get stuck in the stairwell of our apartment building. So <laughs> yeah, they do. It's not completely out of the ordinary. We're stuck in the elevators. Yeah. It's yeah. something that happens. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a bit about the ending? Sure. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to reveal that he, um, he, he does eventually get out. It's not called Trapped and Then Died. <laughs> no. Uh... But the ending is so is so bleak because he gets out and she got married and he he's he he goes to work he goes back to the call center and no one realized he was missing no yeah. one realized he was gone. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew that she was going to get married, right? It was yeah. a long shot to begin with, but that is kind of a bleak ending. <sighs> But it feels so like I think I think he's got a promotion though. <laughs> I think I think that really touches on 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 something very very realistic and very truthful and very honest about um, kind of you know the contemporary urban lifestyle and just you know the the office lifestyle and just you know you get up you go to work you come home. And then you do it all over again the next day. Sometimes you get stuck in your apartment and you have to eat a bug. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you're not making any meaningful connections with anyone in the world. Yep. And and unfortunately, I think a lot of people live their life that way. I think sometimes I live my life that way. Um, and 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 it's we have it's all... striking to see it so so well. Uh, articulated in this film. We have the lovely people who download this podcast every day. Yeah. They're interacting with us. <laughs> They're hearing our voice. Yes. Thank but- you for making us not be <laughs> two weirdos who are stuck in their apartment. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I mean, don't some days you just feel kind of a bit like an automaton? 
Yeah, but also, do you want to talk to all the people around you? No, no, neither. <laughs> but you know, again, this idea that you can work in you know this big busy office and and no one notices. I mean, I have, I have a pretty small office, so <laughs> that's not going to happen to me. If I'm not there, people notice. Fair. All right. Are we reaching the point where uh, where we're just digressing? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, we love we love all three of these films. Very curious to see how Bevish Joshi superhero goes. Yeah, I think I the don't... name is a little weird. I don't know what to think about this. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm excited either way, and I'm going to see it either way. But I don't know. The trailers really haven't... And I'm not someone who dredges movies based on trailers. I really don't do that. And I don't like speculating about what films are going to be like based on trailers. But what I've seen of the trailers so far haven't really grabbed me. Not like the trailer to Trapped. I mean, that one is like, yeah, yeah. I have to see that. Yeah. This one, I will... I'll try and catch it. If I hear it's good, I'll try and move faster. I, I mean, I'm going to be there because I love these other three films so much that I just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to follow this guy until he uh, starts to... He's batting 100 right now. Exactly. Exactly. He has a perfect score right now. If if Babish Josie Superhero isn't successful, uh, I'm not going to hold it against him by any means. And But for all I know, it's going to be the best Bollywood film of the year. I don't okay. know. It's been kind of a down year. So. It has. It yeah. has. To the extent that we're we're not sure if we're going to do our mid-year wrap-up just because we're not sure if there's much worth talking about. And a lot of them we don't have access to. Yeah. So it's, it'll be a little bit difficult. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll certainly do a year-end wrap-up, but right now the, the mid-year wrap-up is um, is a bit up in the air. So. Mm-hmm. But we're definitely going to go see Bavish Josie Superhero. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be out of town uh, again right away here. So our next episode is going to be out in mid-June, uh, which is, uh, you know, less than a month away, but but still longer than two weeks away. That episode, we're going to be talking about the other film that's releasing on June 1st, VRD Wedding. Getting um, a lot of good buzz. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be doing an Surprising episode. Surprising amount of uh, F-bombs in the trailer. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode on gal pals in Hindi cinema, and we are hoping to invite one of our own gal pals to be on the show. So look for that in mid-June. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can find us on Twitter at BollywoodPod. You can find us also there ourselves. I'm Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm Erin E. Fraser, E-R-I-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. You can also find the show on Tumblr, BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com. That's where the wonderful show notes are available, as well as on your mobile device when you're downloading it. We have a Facebook page. Just check out BollywoodIsForLovers. Selected episodes are also played on G Radio here in Edmonton. You can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts and on our home at Audio Boom and also um, Stitcher, Castbox, iHeartRadio, various other Spotify podcasting podcast listening services. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read them out on air, like we did in this episode, and you know it really. Really encourages us to keep uh, keep doing this show, which uh, sometimes we we really struggle to make time for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we love doing it, and, and it means a lot to us when we when we hear back from people. Uh, while you're over off a podcast, you can subscribe to my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk. Talking about fun movies called uh, Trash Art in the Movies. Two two films by Paul Schrader. Yes, and our most recent episode, we are talking about Paul Schrader, uh, who also has a new film out. 
it's uh, it's a good one. I'm I'm very happy with that episode. So, yeah, uh, hardcore and Mishima. Yeah, go check. Talk it out. about two uplifting films. Go check it out, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in a in a little a while. Weeks. Yeah, bye.